talk. And welcome to another episode of You Talk Too Much. And I'm here with my guest for today, um, Troy Ruhe. And so I just get him to introduce himself. Awesome. No, thank you for having me. My name is Troy, as you've said. Well, Dr. Troy now, I guess, um, having done my PhD in sport and exercise science. Um, I'm also a full-time research fellow here at the University of Otago. Um, and I guess that, that's kind of stuff we'll get into. Oh, also, I'm the host of the Sick Airs podcast. Um, and I just got a whole bunch of things going on. So I'm a community man, um, a lost man, um, someone who's still like trying to figure it out like everyone else's. Um, but yeah, no very very excited to be here um and just chat and just talk because that's what we do i guess as part of our entertainment platform as we talk that's what we do on podcasts so yeah happy to talk oh thanks so much troy yes it's called you talk too much so i don't yeah, know right. if you, you've heard the first episode the reason why i called it you talk too much because i'm a thinker and um my sister she would just get angry because my my family's cool and i'm not right. so uh, yeah i have yeah so i usually just go on and on about my thoughts and my sister be like oh man you talk too much and so like i've taken that negative kind of you know saying and i've turned it into something i'm proud of yeah that's so cool i think that's the that's the key for a lot of where we can actually start making headway or like be trailblazers in a different area is like the negative perspectives that people have of different things like you talk too much but then at the same time a lot of why we don't explore our own thoughts is because we're always told that's not cool to do or like hey you talk too much you're a problem but actually the people who are talking a lot have a lot going on in their mind and it actually helps them process things and like that's why I come on and talk and that's why I talk with friends and that's why I talk with people I think are mentors because I'm um, like when I talk I can see clearly and after that so now what you're doing is you're providing other people the opportunity to start becoming those people who talk too much or the people who talk too much to actually be like Get normal and be like oh, I'm yeah. not weird I, I can talk I'm like, <laughs> so that's cool I, I love I love the I love the idea behind it oh awesome Trey. so I am wearing uh, this headpiece I love it um, I'm from, you know, I've grown up in South Auckland, so I've been surrounded by different Polynesian cultures. So what, this is an honor of Troy, because Troy, can you just explain a bit about your ethnic background? Right, yes, sure. So I am, so I'm Cook Island Māori and New Zealand Māori, uh, and mm. both, uh, both pretty much my mum, so my mum grew up uh, in the Cook Islands. We, she still lives in the Cook Islands. I've lived in the Cook Islands uh, as well. So that was, I mean, it was one of these weird things where when I was growing up, depending on where I was, when I was in the Cook Islands, I was full-time Cook Islander. I'm not, I'm not Māori at all. People talk about like being from New Zealand. I was like, no, 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 I'm a Cook Islander. Um, and then when I moved to New Zealand with my dad, who was like immersed in Māori. Uh, like, yeah, Māori. Māori. yeah exactly and working at a university um in the in what's it called they're called Tadopu Māori or the the crew there that were you know focusing on delivering Māori in the university I was then immersed in that being at the marae all the time and then I was like nah I'm Māori like but <laughs> both are still Māori um and I think that was just like the push and pull between my you know my own identity and being able to understand that you can be both 
Um, mm. But that took a very long time. It wasn't until about like university when I realized that's like the product of me. I am the sum of all of that together. But um, yeah, so I, I've spent time in the Cook Islands. I've spent time in New Zealand and I've done a lot of my research between the two of them as well. So it's been awesome. And that is a eikatu or a upoko. So it's the A that goes on your head. Uh, oh, thank you. I was going to ask you. you. read my yeah, mind. The interesting thing with those though is that so now I can only really wear plastic ones but because I I'm, I don't know I've just got allergies out of nowhere so when I wear real flower ones they yeah. smell beautiful and everything I'll like get a red ring around my forehead oh, with a flower is. sit on and I'm it's like it's your white ancestry I know it's something's coming through <laughs> it's your white blood, blood. <laughs> <laughs> obviously yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I would have wore a pony on me too but I don't oh, have nice. one that's yeah. Right. Oh, are you just are you doing that so that someone will be like, oh, I heard that, and then try send you? No, no. I all, all my I like I think seventy percent of my friends are Maori, so oh, so okay. yeah. So I like people don't get it how I'm full Tongan, but I love Te Ao Maori. Like mm. I'm doing stage two Te Reo this year because mm. my dream is to learn fluent Te Reo. But it's like I happen like to just gravitate towards Maori people, and right. then like my friend who's a um, Te Reo teacher because I'm a high school teacher. I said, mm. if I leave here, can you put me a point on me? <laughs> 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 I have no shame. I was like, can you buy a point on me? Because I've always wanted to have a point on me. Um, but you know, like it hasn't mm. happened. And she's like, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna buy you the biggest one. And I go, yeah, and you have to bless it for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> like, make sure it's all blessed. That's the thing. Maybe it'll be one of those things where like you'll you'll come to a you'll you'll stop thinking about it and then you'll feel like you're at that point where it's like, oh, and then it'll just be bestowed upon you and you're like, oh, I must have deserved it or something. And then you can you can run with it from there. Yeah, I know. It's a bit embarrassing that to ask one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so I mean you are um, you know, you are a doctor and and you seem to be I mean, I'm just saying this maybe I sound a bit ignorant, but you you must be like anomaly in your in your space. You you know, you're in a in a in a, a space of privilege. So how do you navigate that? Yeah, so being the anomaly, um, and this is something that I kind of at the end of my journey, I started reflecting on and being like, man, actually, uh, the way that I went about it was probably if anyone was to go through, this is how I do it. Because there's multiple instances where when I'm talking to people about when they're like, how'd you do it? Or, or what was it about it? And it's just like, I'm glad I was the one who went through it uh, for other people so that I could start, you know, making pathways for different people um just because i'm quite thick-skinned i'm quite resilient like i'm sensitive and but i'm able to talk through those different things see what i didn't like and be able to you know okay that didn't work keep going with this like, like putting plans in place um because yeah i think if i was to realize that i shouldn't be here i'm a victim um the reason why there's not many of me in this so being like a pacific uh slash maori male uh, young male in academic spaces if i'm not meant to be here then we'll just continue to not be there uh and then i just realized well actually this gives us an awesome opportunity to actually start being there so i'm just like okay that's where i need to be if i don't like it it's not because the world's against me but it's just because this world that i'm going into has never seen me before so you go in you start making waves and you're just like well i'm here they can be like oh you need to tame it down a little bit i'll play the game yeah, for a little yeah, bit. yeah. but it's just like it's just like the way rugby was introduced into new zealand where it was a colonizer sport so these mm. people brought it here we then took it transformed it and now we dominate 
that's exactly where I think we need to be when it comes to all this stuff. So we could be like, oh man, I, I'm not meant to be here. I don't feel like I belong, which is how I feel every single day. Um, but because more and more people are starting to be like, we can do that too. I'm starting, we stand to build a really, really cool community. And I've got awesome mentors who have gone before me uh, and they kind of, they explain themselves as institutionalized, um, which I'm like, hey, give yourself some more credit than that. But now they're starting to refine themselves. So we're like, they're coming from here down to here. And I'm like upskilling and coming like from the bottom up. And we're meeting in the middle now where we can actually start to form some really cool relationships uh, and then start to, you know, create this pathway for ourselves because we're navigating it every single day. Uh, but then for newer people coming through and wanting to get into academia, they're going to be like, they've done it. We can do it too. So that's kind of how, that's the drive behind it all. Um, and, you know, being, being the person who, you know, you're not typically seen and then you are used as a poster boy and, and you're just on every photo, you're on everything. And they're just like, oh, wow, look at what we're doing for Pacific. And then most of the time I'm just like, well, we know damn well, you didn't do nothing. We did it for ourselves. <laughs> but you right, say now, it, boy. right now I want to play the game. Wow. I want to make sure I have a career, but it's so that everyone else who's behind me is just going to like supersede where I am. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm so happy you're where you're at. Thank you yeah, yeah. on behalf of our people. Um, <laughs> and you haven't sold your soul. It doesn't seem like it. And you're very humble. And that's very rare to find because often I find when you have minorities, especially marginalized minorities that make it, they forget who they are mm. or it becomes solely about them being, mm. the, you know, that's their space. They don't want anyone else to come in. They're, mm. they're the brown person in that area. So they push everyone else who's brown away. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for being where you are at. Um, I am a high school teacher and and over the years, um, my passion has become, you know, what can we do to help our brown boys excel mm. academically? Because um, in my family, personally, like all the girls are university educated and I think half the boys are university educated and the rest of them play, you just solely play um have pursued rugby as their career choice. Do you have any thoughts about that? Like what has helped you do both? Oh my gosh, I've done yeah, both. Um, what, what, what made me do both? Honestly, it was just being good at both. Like understanding Ooh. that early. Uh, and I think when I was growing up, it's, apologies, we got scaffolding right out there. Um, but the, just knowing that, so I'm good at both of these. And then so at school, like I kind of excelled uh, and in, in sport, I also excelled and- Was that in Cook Islands had... or here? Sorry, I'm just So, so here, sorry, sorry, here. Um, Where did you go to school at in New Zealand? I went to school, I went to school in uh, Wellington. So I did all oh, my schooling in Wellington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when I was there, so it was kind of a weird thing where I just was allowed to do what I wanted to do. I had a lot of opportunities to explore and it was basically because anything that I put, I put my hand up to go and do, okay. I would just give everything to it. Uh, so it didn't matter what it was. So I was like a competitive skateboarder as well as being a rugby player, basketball player, uh, and then doing school. So like, it's not that I, I mean, I really, really enjoyed those different things. So I think that's the first thing I was allowed to explore. Uh, and then the second thing is that I had really cool role models, like people who did things that I was just like, wow, that doesn't, I've never seen someone do that before. Uh, but also they're really, really cool people. 
Um, so I more wanted to be like the person as opposed to what they did for a career. I'm like, that's a person, you know, like really cool values. They're really cool to get along with. And the first person who made me feel like I belong in a space. So more, it wasn't really the career path. It was more the type of person I wanted to be, which was just someone who could make anyone come into a space and feel like they actually belonged in that space. That was my ultimate. So like I huge shout out to high school teachers because it was actually one of my high school teachers, my PE high school teacher who I wanted to be like him. Mm. I didn't want to, I didn't, not the career, but I wanted to be like him. <laughs> Nothing wrong with your really high school cool. teacher. Yeah, like, I mean, there was, and that's exactly why, that's why I came down to university is because I thought being like a high school teacher or someone who deals with people through their developmental stage of themselves um, is like, that's where you make the biggest impact because mm. the type of person I am is because of who I was mentored by when I was spending, you know, six, eight, six hours a day at school. So like I, I see my parent, my parents influence for sure because they allowed me to do what I wanted to do. But the people that formed who I am personality wise was the people I was with every single day. And those are my teachers. So yeah, no, that's that's where a lot of it is from. It's just people allowing me to explore. Amen. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, the first person I, I interviewed my cousin, he's a manager at Muruki and that's his way he said, it's about finding a purpose. Once you mm. click onto your purpose, nothing can stop you. Absolutely. And I think with our Polynesian kids, you know, they're funneled into things. They're not mm. given the freedom to explore mm. or the confidence to explore. Um, yeah. So my next question is, <clears throat> yeah, going. I'm still sticking with the brown boys in academia. Mm. Um, you know, we know that we can, our, our, our high school kids, our high school Polynesian kids can excel in sport, but somehow it doesn't translate to the classroom. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I've, so I've thought about this a lot and I think it really comes down to like once again with the role models again, but like I had people tell me I'm not just a rugby player. They're like, mm, you, like yes. for you, oh yeah. So, and because I wasn't, I was never pigeonholed. Like, okay, I was really, really good at rugby and I excelled and I got into academies and all that sort of stuff. But they also said like, what happens? I was told early, what happens when rugby doesn't work out? And then from then on, I literally, like my, my expectations to become an all black, all those sorts of things. Um, I was just like, ah, it's not that important. Like I, I would rather be all these different things because in terms of, I mean, I'm obviously like friends with all blacks and all that sort of stuff. And now amazing people <laughs> and they do a lot of really, <laughs> nah, really my, awesome things. Yeah. No, nah, my like, cousin's an ex all blacks player, so. Yeah, for majority of the people who are going to go through, we're not going to make it to that top tier uh, because there's so many of us going for those op uh, opportunities, but also, in your mind, I think it cuts us off from actually believing what we can do. Um, and that's what, that's what I mean by becoming those trailblazers and, and seeing other people in that light, because we only see ourselves uh, in those areas. So that's why we think it's only okay for us to go to those areas. So that's why I'm just like, man, if, as soon as I was told that's not the only thing I'm going to be, I believed it, I took it in and I'm just like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go try some other things. And then academia was also another thing where I was like, there's no one there. And instead of being like, there's no one there, don't go there. I was like, there's no one there. I wanna go there. That's so cool. You're like me, I'm curiosity killed the cat material. Yeah. And it hasn't killed me yet. But, <laughs> um, so my next question is, um, yeah, like you, you know, I mean, you've, you you seem to succeed at everything you put your hand to. Um, and I was talking with another guest the other day, who's, her name is Jemima Tetia. Um, who's, oh, yeah. Heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. She, <laughs> nice. She's like you, she 
talks to awesome. a lot of people she's like so me. Good. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she is. She, oh my gosh. So she told me that um, playing sport, you mm. know, really helped her in her other areas of life. Mm. How has being a sports person helped you? What skills? Because I want our young people to realize sport isn't something that hinders them. It's something that adds. I'm not a sports person, yep. but you would know. <laughs> no, I, um, that's a very, very good, uh, it's an awesome perspective. And I think we need to have the same perspective with every single thing that we go into. Nothing that you go into is going to just be on its own in isolation because we're human beings. We, we, we traverse different planes of how everything is working. So when you go into a sports field, you also take yourself into that. So you're bringing your own capital into it, but also when you leave it, you're also taking whatever skills that you had in that particular sport. And that can be the same for music, being in a band. Uh, it can be the same for the job that you go to. We're all bringing and taking from different spaces that we go into. It's firstly an energy thing because whatever energy is in that, you're gonna carry that energy yes. with you. But also the, it's just like the different skills that you pick up and those are the soft skills that I think we don't ever get taught because people still don't understand how to teach it um, like we can say be kind to one another you know but we don't know how to pick up when someone is well we're not taught it enough I think when people are emotionally uh, somewhere where they're not usually or how do we if they're feeling this sort of emotion how do we then like change our behavior to make sure that we don't drive them to like further amplify that emotion but the sport thing is literally because you're i think it's twofold firstly you're discovering more about yourself and what you can push to in terms of the limits of you know your physiology your physicality um and your skill and anything that we are doing skill where you're using your brain that's connecting to your mind um to the rest of your body you're always going to be picking something up and that can just be like ways of uh unloading stress even um yes, where yes, we yes, seem yes. to be a very very stressful society um yes, but yes. also just like you know you're you're doing something that's positive for yourself by doing physical activity and obviously that's what my doctorate is in is in physical activity and the benefits of physical activity uh, but then on top of that it's the camaraderie it's your it's your ability to be able to communicate with a team uh, to even be part of a team you know how many people don't know how to be part of a team because we're yes. like oh on tiktok i don't need a team i've got myself I've got my phone. <laughs> you know just like those you can things touch stuff to... on tiktok oh that's true yeah so i'm working with someone but on my own terms true because like whenever i want to do it i'll do it um so there's that but then also just i think just it's more just um you exploring what you can do um physically mentally because there's a lot of this on the saturday or whenever it is that you play the game that's like the smallest chunk of everything else that goes into yes. that performance well, like a test like exam yeah exactly so everything it's just this one one point that everyone sees but it's the type of person that you are is everything that you put in until you get to that that point so i mean that's that, those are all the things that's the preparation that's everything that you need to prepare yourself for to actually be able to excel when it comes time to excel so there's pressure there's understanding the site like the psychology behind it all all of those different things and that's why it's really cool now that where people are going into sport they're starting to see maybe i won't be the athlete maybe i'll be the sports psychologist maybe i'll be the physio all the different parts that makes this one person as good as they can be to go on and just become an athlete Oh my gosh, Troy. I just want to thank you because now you've given me an analogy I can use on my sports players. My oh, yeah, good. I'd be yeah, like, good. you can't wear class. Yeah. And then do one on the test. If you wear training, uh -huh. how are you going to do in that moment of time? Man, yeah. Exactly. You'll still wear class, but I mean, you know, at least it makes <laughs> me think of it. Um, so we're just going to, yeah. 
I, I mean, we, we talked quite a bit before I press record, so we <laughs> talked about the fact that we're going to like jump from top of the topic because I'm just so excited to have you here. Oh, this is awesome. I love it. Just think you just have such a great mind. Um, we were talking about, you know, um, this podcast is about relationships and, and just how boys are often with their partners in relationships. Can you just talk about your thoughts about why, because I was explaining to you why I've addressed mental health so much in this podcast. It's based on my past partners having like mental health issues and um, me feeling like they're amateur, unpaid psychiatrists. Can you just right. talk about what your thoughts about that topic? Yeah, I, this is, and this is something I don't really talk about often. Uh, and I don't know why I don't talk about it often. I think it's because in my mind, I'm like, wait, hold on. Most of the relationships that you get into don't end well. Is that because you're a bad person? Is that because you don't know how to do this or all that sort of stuff? But then like in the relationships that have excelled and what was the like common thing in all of them is that I was very open about how I felt. And from the beginning, I would give them who I, who I am, who I think I am. Uh, and kind of how I prefer to deal with things. So I'm one of those really, like just per, like really academic type um, type person to be in a relationship with. It's like, oh yeah, this, this is my way of communicating, like blah, 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 blah. Just super open about it all. Um, but I feel like it, it comes all the way back, as you were saying, is that people being able to actually get to that point of expressing what they actually feel, uh, what they actually want from a relationship and like what are the ideals of a relationship in their own mind. Uh, because that way they're kind of like okay this is what I can expect and then when it's not that we don't have the the tools or the armory to actually be able to deal with it and, and talk about it because we're always just like oh it was meant to be good I was expecting this yeah uh, and, and it's not that because I mean we we deal with my my whole job is, is dealing with people all of the time if we don't have those skills to be able to deal with that we're just going to be like oh it's broken ah, I don't know what to do uh, but then at the same time, uh, yeah, it's like the expectation of who we actually are, you know, who's going to become our partners. And then are they just going to look after us or are we actually going to be in this, like, am I bringing 50% and they're bringing 50% and we're making 100 or am I bringing 100, they're bringing 100 and we're actually trying to trying to find something together and, and forming a bond there. So, yeah, it's just like codependency versus like actually being with each other um, and being okay on your own and then being able to go off and, and form something really strong um, as the two of you. Yeah, because we spoke about how um, I, I told you, I shared with you because my podcast is not as professional as yours and <laughs> you're quite shocked at everything I shared because I have no shame. But uh, you know, I said, we were talking about how like with guys, I've often had partners say that you're the only one I can let my mask off to. Mm. And I mm. felt, and I felt like, oh, I'm so special. But then after right. a while I was like, you're not getting better. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing the same things that I suggested that you stop doing. Mm. And I just became like, I, I felt like in the relationship with the guys that I've been in, I've been like this cup with a hole in it. Like they just mm. keep filling, filling me in with their problems. Mm. And, you know, I want to be the cup that, that, that holds everything. But my advice would just go like in one ear, out the other. So yeah. like, yeah, that's why like, I'm like, dude, unless you can really be honest about what you need to do with yourself, I don't want time, like I don't have time mm. for guys who who are not willing to, to heal and to grow. So do you, can you I, share a bit about that? Yeah, I, um, it's just, oh man, and like, it's, it's, I think the difficulty, a lot of it does come into, you know, we, a lot of us don't even know what we want. We don't know how we feel. Uh, we don't actually know what, yeah, what we're meant to get out of different uh, relationships that we get into, or not just like, 
intimate relationships but every single relationship that we get into um and then also just understanding like our roles but also i think yeah i really do think it comes down to not being able to express ourselves uh and be able to describe the emotions that we're feeling um because sometimes i mean this is this is speaking solely just from my own experience like i was short-tempered lash out a lot when things wouldn't go my way um and then what i found was good with that is that when i i hated it because i hated seeing what it would do to people uh and then i'd just be like okay um that's i don't like that what do i need to do and then it just came down to okay this is what I need to do for myself. But then at the same time, if I'm going to talk to my partner, it's to help us both get better as opposed to take me, save me, lift me up. I'm drowning. So because yeah. I like when you're both drowning or when you're both like trying to get into the boat and you'll just keep pulling on them, none of us are getting out. So at the end of this, like we both lose. So yeah. I think yeah, that's when it comes down to being able to uh, with the two of us actually being in a better place together and then going through that together and understanding that we want each other to be better but for me to be better i also need to have a full platform to actually be able to help you from um, yeah so yeah i think I, I really do think it comes down to the expectation not the expectation but just what what am i here for and what can i offer and what can i bring but also this is who i am this is how i communicate um and this is like what bothers me because i'm very open about like where where i'm at in my head uh and if i'm not too good or if i'm not doing well and most people you talk to like you think oh my gosh if i tell them that they're going to be like loser Ooh, i don't want anything to do with you but yeah. it actually they become more empathetic because they understand if i said that and it triggered you and i see you go off and like this is how i deal with it when i get stressed this is how i deal with it when i get mad this is how i deal with it when i get angry they're not going to be all up in your grill like why are you mad oh my gosh what can i do because yeah. we have an understanding yeah. that this is how we deal with that and i'm just like it wasn't you this is a me thing i need to go deal with this and then bam like yeah. you know, they're gonna have a little bit of a worry about you but you understood it first before your partner has to like do a thousand things just to try to figure out oh he's hungry <laughs> <laughs> oh that's my problem i'm hungry yeah it's not you it's just feed by your feed mate um, no i think like the you know we can agree that our parents i always tell my parents like when my mom gets on my case about relationships i'm like mom your generation was easy Mm. easier even though like we know that our my mom's generation wasn't necessarily more happy than us but i think the problems are like one we have like the feminism that says men and women are the same and that's just mm. lies like that's just total lies like i've lived i've just finished flirting with a bunch of straight men because a lot of mm. my friends are gay men and gay right. men tend to be you know they understand a female perspective better i think than straight men and i just finished flirting with a whole bunch of straight guys and um sorry that's my baby sister i locked the door yeah, nice um grace i'm gonna interview um yeah later <laughs> Um, so yeah, so like, sh like, like straight, yeah, straight men are very different and, and living with them educated me a lot on, on how we process, on understanding, you know, like how we deal with things. Like apparently when, <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video, but when guys like, guy, it's all about hormone levels. Like right. a guy is stressed when his testosterone is low, mm. a woman's stressed when her testosterone levels high. Right. So how men's testosterone levels increases when they problem solve. Mm. When they problem solve, the testosterone goes. So what happens is like when they're at work, you guys are usually well equipped for your career choice. So they problem solve at, at work. So their testosterone levels, um, you know, go high. 
and then apparently when they come home when guys come home this is overly generalizing though um you know if if you know they get stressed that goes down mm. and so they apparently like yeah so that's why if you have someone a female partner who's nagging 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 your testosterone levels go low and then you get stressed and a lot of guys to deal with stressful situations they they retreat they need to they need time out whereas women we confront we right. need to and that's exactly like yeah some of the the things i learned living with guys mm. <laughs> like i have a problem i need to talk about it until it's solved they need time out to think about mm. they just need time out and that that yeah so i think that's one of the problems we have in society now is this whole idea that like apparently when we are aren't stressed we're very similar but when we're right. stressed the differences come out and that's right. causing a lot of, of, of tension in society between straight people. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it's like that idea. And I think, um, yeah, just 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 like we aren't co- like comfortable to talk about those differences now because it's politically incorrect. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things we can't really talk about anyway. And um, I think it's also just, you know, what we're still trying to break down this whole stigma around like what it is to be a masculine male. Uh, and all those different things because like i have a lot of hurt friends i have a lot of um males so like we're actually getting into groups now and we're talking about how we feel just bits and peaks like very small we started off like oh yeah i was late to work to like after that just being like look i i'm i'm struggling with different things and like when you start breaking it down like no matter is too small to start talking about but we need to start somewhere and understand that we're hurt and if we understand we're hurt we'll understand why we're hurting people um and we we all know from a like a core that core level that we don't like hurting people but uh, yeah, inadvertently yeah. by being hurt and not dealing with our hurt we are hurting hurt people, people. Yes. and when we understand so that's what you said before where our purpose is to you know make sure that everyone's lives is as fruitful as possible and we all believe that but we don't do the small stuff to actually help us not hurt people in the end we're just like wait we're going in circles because we're like i don't want to hurt this person but i'm still hurting them because i'm yeah. hurt and then like so you need to break the cycle and, be, and become that person and i think it does start with just being okay with being having feelings and i said it in my my recent post uh my recent podcast, podcast sorry was, yeah. I was i was talking about like i was always called a sensitive guy because i'd be like hey when you did this like i i got really sad about that or it made me feel inadequate or it made me and i just like man you're so sensitive and it wasn't that and so i stopped having feelings because i was like man i'm just a sensitive guy but really i was just in tune with my emotions and not people are so not i mean i'm still learning how to do it but i am just open and vocal about it because if i know if I know how other people feel, then I know how to like act accordingly so that I can make sure we yeah, we don't amplify those feelings. But as soon as people know how I feel, they're just like, oh, he, he's broken because they've never dealt with it themselves. So yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah. And I think we need to stop with the stereotype that guys aren't emotional because oh, guys absolutely. are very emotional. You guys oh, just yeah. hold it in. Like yeah. it's just politically correct for women to be like crying or like yeah. angry. But guy, you know, like guys are very like. If you are in an intimate relationship with a man, you know that he is a very emotional. Like he can be the staunchest guy out in the world, but mm-hmm. you like when his masters off, he's flipping emotional. And yeah, I want, and I think that's the thing is sometimes because there's I was thinking as women, like I talk, we talk about like when we sit down and chat as girls, it's like, hey, what's up? Like what's mm. really in mind? Because I feel like guys are like you sit down as guys, and it's like. Mm. Oh, that game last night. Oh, mm. <laughs> like, it's just like I get sport is very important, but I'm like, dude, 
Like, yeah. is that all you're going to talk about? Like, yeah. you know? So I really yeah. love what you're doing with your podcast. Oh yeah, I mean that's what my um my dream with it was that it would become like a men's help group, and if you didn't want to come to a group where we all get together, because like I have really close friends at home who we talk about all this sort of stuff, like when uh, we talk about like relationship stuff, but we all even talk about just like where we feel like we're struggling, where we're falling down, and then I started I tried to like get more people involved with it, but maybe if they know you know I'm not going to be there to listen and I'm not going to judge them, they can just listen to me go through all those different thoughts and then reason it with it then uh, and then have that conversation with themselves or like just understand that it's, it's kind of it's, it's okay to be like that and and being properly okay with it because i think we've got these cool slogans like it's okay to not be okay all that sort of stuff but only when it suits the people who's saying it it's yeah. okay to not be okay oh you're not okay oh but it's my it's my like how can you do this because i need to have this done and it's like what you just said it's okay to not be okay so i think we we're, we're still we're trying to normalize it. We're trying to be like, yeah, do what you need to do. But I think at the same time, people have their agenda for what's okay to not be okay about. Um, because, you know, I mean, that's just how it all works. Um, people have people have things that they want to get done and people also have ideas of how the world should be. So when we're all kind of at like a collective understanding that that is okay to be not be okay, that's when I think we all feel like, yeah, okay, we can do this. Yeah, I know, wow. So, I mean, you know, we come from a community where humility is a big thing. Like my mum, mm-hmm. she often, when I talk, she's like, you need to be humble. And I'm yeah. like, everyone knows I know I'm a jerk. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, that's why I talk the way I do and I have my podcast is because I have no shame. Like, I really mm. don't, like, I have no reputation to upkeep because mm. that, that's my, like, I yeah. Um, so for someone like you, who's a high achiever, who seems very comfortable in their skin, Mm. and we come from a culture and we also kiwi so we have tall poppy syndrome how yeah. do you stay who you are when you have all these different you know forces around you that's like hey we need to pull you down you need to get you know you need to stop being so great right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's such a that's such a good point and when i graduated i felt that's as I yeah. what I what I under, what I realized I did was I would be happy with what I achieved, but if I wanted to share it with people, I would do it in a joke. Like I would yeah. a silly photo, I would do yeah. something. So I'd be like, hey, look, I did achieve this, but at the same time, I'm a goof. Like I'm not proud of it because if I'm proud of it, you like you're, you're we're up ourselves. And we like the word bots was the worst thing that you could ever be called at school. Because yeah. if you're a bot, it means that you think you know more than other people. But yeah. all that did was stop us from trying to achieve. And then it kind of all kept us at the same level as opposed to, yeah, so those people, like you said, with tall poppy syndrome. What I did was I understood that my what I achieved is greater than me. Um, I yes. was able to get here because of the privileges I was afforded or because people wanted me to get there. So if I was to give in to those other pressures, I let every single person, we talk about become, coming from villages, I let every villager in there who believed that I was the one who could go forward and do all these different things, I let them all down because I didn't want to you know, go forward and, and be pulled down by these different things. And to be honest, when people don't want you to achieve, that drives me, that gives me the biggest vibe <laughs> yes, to be like, yes. hey, remember that time oh. you guys I didn't God, think this would happen cool. and i've got screenshots on my phone and i'm waiting to like for the perfect moments for different ones to come out of just haters like people just saying like this is silly blah 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 or like just emails from people who said oh look we might have to go with the other i don't think you're gonna get this when that stuff happens i'm like 
you shouldn't have. It's like when you're gonna do something and someone's like, oh, I don't reckon you can. I'm like, yes, that's what I needed. <laughs> so I feed, I feed off it. And oh the humility, God. the humility just comes in me understanding that I'm humbled that I was the one given this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's the humility. I don't think it's the humility and not sharing your success. I think it's the humility and understanding that you're doing this for a purpose uh, and you're not to flaunt when you get the opportunity to do it, but you just, you're humbled by the opportunity to be able to do it. Um, so when, doing, when I do everything, I do it, I have to do it justice because a lot of people believe in me. And that's the humility that I get is that I'm so humbled that people believe in me to be the person to do it. And what other people say, I'm just like, y'all just jealous because you didn't get this opportunity. So I'm going to go forward with this, yeah. I know you're humble because you're on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. What two followers, you're on my podcast. So don't worry, Troy, I, I'll, I'll talk. I will tell everyone in Auckland, like you're humble as because you're, you're on my little podcast. Um, you know what I love is because I am a high school teacher and I see my brown boys. They're good at maths. They're good mm. at science. Mm -hmm. Because of society's perceptions of them, they mm. don't want to fight it. Like, I'm yep. like, if they don't, like, shouldn't that fuel you to be like, yeah, you think I'm dumb at maths. You think mm -hmm. I'm dumb at science. You know what? I'm going to study 24 7. I'm going to prove, mm. like, that's my attitude to life. Like, like when my mom was like you're not going to the middle east by yourself i was like i am i already booked my yeah. tickets you know what yeah. i mean like like when someone said you can't come up mount taranaki i did and <laughs> now i'm still recovering a month later um but you know like i don't get it why people like i'm just like if you have one life one life mm. shouldn't you use it to fight mm. like you know i often think with us polynesians like when we we are really relegated to like the you know the lowest like up the per per perception of us in, in New Zealand society is that you know we can't we're the lowest in everything like their mm. statistics whatever and I just think man but our ancestors were fighters like mm. they have warrior spirit and mm. I see our young people not inhabiting that and be like yeah you think yeah you think what you, we can't do much but I sisters warriors and yeah. we're gonna you know do honor to them and they get the top of the top marks in class so yeah i love what you just said because i often think that when i see a lot of our, our young people just mm. look like they've given up before they tried <laughs> for, <laughs> like, sure. for yeah. sure and i mean and that's not to say that i mean systemically there, there are stuff. we have definitely the stuff going on and i don't want to come across as this like you can do anything you put your mind to because we can uh and i but i do understand that i was like i had a lot Pretty of privileges yeah. coming up yeah. uh and people being able like people seeing that i had this i obviously had a drive like we weren't from the most uh like i'm single i, I grew up with a single father i um Mom you know had my brothers and sisters and all that and i just like we were there were times where we were rough in it like um it was pretty like it was yeah when we talk about humble beginnings like i i did really have one of those and i think it was the hurt and it was the the uncertainty of what's going to happen next because you know what if we can't pay and i knew dad could do it all but then seeing the fighter in him i'm just like i'm going to make sure my own children don't have that but also mm -hmm. he gets to go forward and be like 
that's my child. I I didn't give up everything that I had just for him to do nothing. So yeah. that's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of it as well. And yeah, I mean, there are obviously um, well, when you say the statistics and all that sort of stuff, but it's when we start to believe that we're the statistics, that's yeah. when you see colonization is still li- alive yeah. and well. We yeah. just say that like, racism's not a thing. Um, so all those things are definitely playing there. But I think the biggest reward or the biggest fulfillment for ourselves is when we can say, you don't have me. Like, I know what you're trying to do with the system and all that sort of stuff, but I'm above your system and I'm going to make sure that no one else, uh, well, that we can start getting rid of it. Yeah, thanks so much, Troy. Um, so we're just going to end up because I forgot to mention this, but my Zoom is real basic. So it crashes. Okay, so the 40-minute thing. No, it's not the 40-minute, but also if it's too long, it doesn't save. I uh, did a podcast right. with my cousin overseas and he had so much to share, so much wisdom. And it was like so awesome and it went over an hour and then it crashed. So I had to oh. tune in with him again. And I was like, dude, I know you got lots to say and I want to hear it, but my computer's important. <laughs> um, so yeah, so for ending off, do you have any words of wisdom for Arangatahi, for our, um, the Mikey to share? Uh, I think I think we've we've covered a lot of it is just to be proud of who you are and that you you're you who you are as a person everything that you have in terms of your lineage your history and everything makes you a better person than anyone else you could come into competition with who thinks you're not good enough because a lot of it is we have such a rich history of everything um and i the only reason i'm saying this is because in this university we have people who tell us how we should be doing what we grew up knowing and what our <laughs> yeah, people already knew. And they're like, hey, I think you should do this. And I'm just like, no. I always believed they knew what was right because I'm like, oh yeah, you're the, you're the top dogs. Uh, for me to get a job, I should do all of this. But then I was just like, actually, they're telling me how to be. And that's just me. So a lot of our essence, we, a lot of the research even, so if you want to bring numbers into it, like the culture we have, okay, we all, all these different things that if people measure, we may not be quite there, but we're culturally rich without even trying. So we already have a strong foothold in who we are. So when we start to believe that who we are is enough and that we have like plenty and we have a lot of, um, a lot of really good reasons to be proud of who we are, from there, I think we're just gonna flourish. Instead of trying to pigeonhole and, and try to fit within the categories that a lot of people want us to be in for us to be successful with my quote marks. Um, and like, we just understand that being us and going wherever we are, we go to, we're always going to make any space a lot better and a lot uh, more fresh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome, Troy. I'm a big fan. Okay, so if you've got a fan, <laughs> if you come to Auckland, hit me up. I'll take you around. And if you're do. Um, so yeah, so I, I would love to to do another one in the future when you're free. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you and I we talk too much. <laughs> oh, good. That's really really good. Yeah, we're two both, people I can podcast. See we're both similar, yeah. like. Like your thought about stuff that I thought about and have an opinion about pretty much everything like I do. So I'd love to like link up later on in the year. I know you're very, very busy and mm. I appreciate that you cancelled some stuff to talk to my little No, podcast. don't worry, we'll make it happen. Um yes, so so yes, um and, and I just hope for our listeners that you are blessed to, as I was in this um corridor. And please join me for my next episode of You Talk Too Much. Talk, talk. Thank you.